Welcome to HR Latte, your podcast connection to all things HR. Caring for people is imperative for today's progressive business. Listen in as Rayanne Thorne Kruger gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts, and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources, hiring, and employee engagement. And now, sit back and sip your next cup of talent management blended to perfection. Hey, everybody. Welcome to HR Latte. This is Rayanne Thorne Kruger, your host. I have an amazing guest today, and I'm so excited to introduce him to you. Today, we're going to be talking with Herb, and I'm using air quotes here, Flight Time Lang. Hey, Herb, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, Rayanne, for having me today and allowing me to share on your platform. I'm definitely excited to be here. So thanks. This is so exciting for me. I am a long time fan. I can remember Saturday mornings sitting on the floor watching the cartoons. Also, Sunday evenings watching the games of the Harlem Globetrotters. And Herb, you have had an amazing history with the Globetrotters. If I remember correctly, 18 years as a Harlem Globetrotter? That is, that is correct. I was blessed with the opportunity to travel to almost 90 different countries around the world, every state as a member of the Harlem Globetrotters, as a player and a coach. And I mean, it's just, just a blessing to be able to have so many amazing experiences and to have so much kindness shown along the way. And so many people have guided me and protected me. So, I mean, it's just, I just feel so lucky to be able to share with the world my experiences and give them a point of view of the world that is pretty unbiased. And at the end of the day, I let people know that the world is not a bad place. Go out and check it out. I love that. And I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to have you on the show and to talk a little bit more about your experiences. Why don't you give us a brief background of yourself and then we'll jump into some questions we've talked about. All right. Well, yeah, I'm Herb Lang. I was flight time for the Globetrotters for almost 18, actually 18 years from 1999 to 2017. And before that, I grew up in a small town in Arkansas. My mom, she had me at the age of 17 and uh, by the time she was 25 years old, she had six of us, which oh. didn't didn't really create create the easiest growing up conditions. But I mean, growing up as a kid, we had everything that we needed. Not always everything that we wanted, but my mom, she made sure that she provided for us. She loved us. And we had a whole community of people that raised us growing up in a small town. This is kind of how things kind of work out. And for me, being the oldest of those kids, I always wanted to make sure that I wanted to make my mom proud. And I wanted to be a good example for my for our youngest siblings. And I give a lot of credit to that, uh, to my high school basketball coach, who was very, very instrumental in a lot of my success as far as getting to college, where I eventually got a scholarship to Centenary College located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Played there from 1994 to 1998, and I won the college slam dunk contest uh-huh. in 1998 at the Final Four. Yeah. So that was one of the things, Rayanne, that actually got the Trotters to notice me, along with one of my good friends, their roommates, Immediately when I graduated college, his name was Alan Sahatra. He's a little five-seven soccer player friend of mine who ended up going to a Globe Charter game. After I graduated, I was working as a personal trainer in the gym, and he went to a Globe Charter game while I was working. And at the end of the night, he got home from the game. I got home from work, and he had this program for me saying, "Hey man, <laughs> I went to the Globe Charters game last night, and I think that you could actually become a Globe Charter because I know that you can do what they do." And long story short. After about two weeks of, you know, working my job as a personal trainer, which I actually enjoyed, I called that 800 number that was in the program that he sent to me. And, and the Globetrotters 
uh, based on my videos I sent in and knowing that I won the dunk contest, they invited me to training camp. And it led to an 18-year career. And I can wow. truly say that I've been blessed with one of the greatest jobs in the world. And it was just from somebody believing in me and having a vision for me that I didn't necessarily have it myself. And that's a lot of what I like to share with people when I talk. There are so many people that have taken stands for me to get me to where I need to go. And there are so many people that need stands taken for them. And I just want to, you know, encourage people to, you know, if there's somebody that's in your heart that you've been thinking about that needs that extra uplifting or just one little help away from getting to that next level, I encourage you to go ahead and, and make that difference. It's worth it. It's worth it to make it to the way it'll make you feel and the success that they'll have as a result. Such an amazing story. Wow. I'm so glad that your friend in, brought the program to you and you had the opportunity to call yeah. in. That's a little bit different recruiting experience than most people have. Yeah. So <laughs> good for you. <laughs> the funny thing is, I mean, Alan, his name is Alan Sahajra. He's a five foot seven little Asian guy. So at that time, there weren't a lot of diversity <laughs> as far as, right. you know, white guys or Asian players with the Globe Charter. So a five seven Asian guy walking up to one of the recruiters Asking about being a globe charge is kind of funny, but you know, he let him know that he was speaking uh, not for himself, but, not for, but himself. for me as a friend. Right. It was pretty cool. That is cool. So I know how the Globetrotters impacted me and my growing up and the introduction to diversity in my life. You know, I was a white girl born and raised in Southern California, but my dad was a huge Globetrotter fan and a great whistler. So anybody who knows the Trotters <laughs> knows that their theme song. Let me hear that whistle. I'm not a whistler, but I, I, <laughs> I, one thing I miss about my father the most, who's been, he's been gone for 20 years, but was his ability to whistle. And he used to whistle that Globetrotters song all around the house. And, and so, so much fun. What a great experience for me. So tell me how, how did it change you? How did your experience with the Globetrotters change her bling? Well, I mean, just from what you just said, you just shared a memory, uh, right. you know, from 20 years ago. And one of the coolest things that I was able to do, one of the greatest things was I had an opportunity to wear Curly Mills, number mm. 22, for the first seven years of my career. And he's one of the legendary Globetrotters. He is. And just having a chance to be around people like that and the memories that they share, the memories that you just shared. Curly would always say when I was with him and people would share memories, he would say, you know, thanks for the memories. So, Hmm. I tell you, thanks for the memory. And the way it changed my life is that it gave me a different outlook on life. I thought, I think that I've always had a pretty positive outlook on life. But as I reflect on uh, growing up in Arkansas, I think about the things that I was afraid of as a kid. You know, some of those same things are happening right now. And one of the things I do is I get out and I talk to young people, adults, all kinds. But I really, really enjoy trying to, you know, reach the youth because I remember growing up in the late 80s and 90s. And watching television and seeing the things that were going on as far as the wars and the disease, which was AIDS back then, and then the right. racism uh, that went on, and, you know, O.J. Simpson. And now you fast forward, here we are in 2022, and you got some of the same stuff. You know, you got, uh, it's not AIDS, but it's, you know, coronavirus. Right. You know, it's not uh, O.J. Simpson, but it's, you know, the George Floyd situation. It's not the war in the Persian Gulf, it's the war in, in Ukraine. So, I mean, for me, the way that it changed me is that, Growing up, when I looked at that, it was just a TV show. It was like, it was just real, but it put a lot of fear in my heart thinking that it could actually happen to me. The difference is now, having traveled to almost 100 countries around the world, 90 to 100 countries around the world, and having entertained people in these different places, for me, it's not a movie because I put my eyes on it. So it's reality, and I see it a little bit different, and it means a little bit more to me. So from having traveled around the world that has protected me and done so much for me, it's important for me to share with people to let them know that people's lives are real and people are important and it's important that we be kind and not just care about, you know, ourselves or the person next to us. And then that, you know, was translating 
for the person next to them. And that's how we get to change the world. And that's part of my mission with my uh, kindness is free. That's my motto. So that's what I'm all about, Rayanne. And, you know, I'm excited again. Thank you so much for this, yeah. this platform and allowing me to, to share my experience with you. I love that motto. Kindness is free. I'm going to plaster that everywhere. I love it so much. So all right. over the years, you've had an opportunity, like you said, to travel, to meet so many different people. I imagine what it's like after a game to have so many people come up to you and shake your hand or want just a moment of your time, right? And yeah. and the smiles that you bring to everybody's faces and or had the opportunity to bring to everybody's faces. When you look at your time there, and it probably feels like it was a, a different, it was otherworldly, right? The time there was pre-globetrotters and now we're, we're post-globetrotter time for you. What have you seen when it comes to diversity in the workplace? What have you experienced? And has was that impacted by your time with the Globetrotters? Being with the Globetrotters over the course of 18 years, I actually went through three different ownerships. And with each ownership came in, you know, different ideas. The original one that I came in uh, with, they were not so much about promoting players as much as the next group who came in. They were a little bit more about, you know, all right, let's do a little bit more for the players, get them out there. Let's create some more superstars, such as, you know, the guys you remember, Curly Neal sure. and Metalark. And then by the time the 2007, a whole new ownership came in and they absolutely definitely wanted to make sure that, you know, we all are recognized. And that's when guys like myself had an opportunity to do shows like uh, The Amazing Race, appear on shows, you know, not actual bachelors, but appear on shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelor Red Hell's Kitchen. They wanted to create a bigger stage for us. They wanted us to be not just recognized when we come to your city once a year, but also be recognized on that Saturday morning cartoon show that you mentioned. And also one of the things that happened during my career is that we reincorporated females on the court with us. Uh, a lot of people wow. may not know, but back in, yeah, back in the mid eighties, Lynette Woodard was one of the first female players to play with an all male basketball team. And that team was the Harlem Globetrotters. Lynette Woodard at that time, she was all American from Kansas. She's now in the Naismith Hall of Fame. And during that course of her time, I think between 80 and early nineties, there was about 10 or 15 females, but, and I think it was, I want to say around 2008 or nine or 10 or something like that, they reincorporated the females. So the females came back on the court with the Globetrotter. And I just thought that it was great because one of the things I do enjoy seeing or that I did enjoy seeing was, you know, all the young ladies that would, you know, circle around her to get their autographs, just to be around oh. her and be inspired to see how a woman could thrive on the court with a group of men. And even you know, with that, another great thing that the Globetrotters did do is that they did open up that door for diversity as far as, you know, allowing more, you know, white guys on the team. There's no only black Globetrotters now. There's white guys. There's guys from Dominican Republic. There's guys from Eastern Europe. There's guys right. I played with a guy from Mongolia. So even that, I mean, there's just there's been a lot of change. You know, that's a good thing. And even as a sports person, I, I, of course, I pay attention to what's going on with the NBA and the NFL and when you talk about diversity, just looking at some of the things that's happening right now with the NFL, you have the coaches, uh, you know, filing some lawsuits based on interview processes that they feel they never had a chance to get the job. But then on the other hand, you look at a league like the NBA, who has, I mean, it's full of black coaches and front office people, probably not as much as they, as many as they would like, but it's actually trending, I think, in the right direction. But it's, it's, it's really a good thing. I think that diversity in, in the office and in the workplace is something that we actually need. It's something that for me, growing up in a small town in Arkansas, in a, in a high school that was 
probably 65% African-American, the other, you know, 30, 35% uh, was white. And then I went to an all white, not all white college, but a university that had a bunch of different people from different countries. I had never met people from different countries. So it was kind of the same thing uh, that I experienced in college that started to happen for me with the globe charters. And it just began to make me realize even beyond that in trial that there's great people all around the world. And at the end of the day, we all want to be happy, want our families to be safe, and we want to live long. What a great story and what a great opportunity for you coming from a small town in a, you know, a southern state and to have these, yes. this incredible experience. Tell us what you're doing now, though. I know that you left the Globetrotters a few years back. So tell us what you're doing now. So what I'm doing right now is exactly what I was doing with the Globetrotters. You know, my career, it ended after 18 years. And like a lot of people, you come to a point in your life and sometimes things end unexpectedly. Sometimes things end the way you expect them to. So for me, it kind of caught me off guard the way that my career ended. But it didn't take me long to realize that I had been blessed to have such an amazing opportunity to hold that position as a player and a coach for almost 20 years. So even upon losing my job or, you know, retiring or being forced into retirement, I was able to gather myself and thank everybody who gave me an opportunity to travel and see so many things. And what I realized was that all these experiences that I had as a player and a coach and TV shows, I now get to put them into action for myself. And that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, I've been able to trade my own brand, swag ball, my motto, which is kind of as free is, is something yes. that's, you know, really catching on. And even coming up in the next couple of weeks, I have several school visits, a couple of elementary school visits where I'll go in and present my program, which is keeping excitement for your success. And at the end of the day, for me, as you know, becoming a globetrotter and having been a globetrotter and an entertainer, it's all about creating an experience. So when I go to these schools, like the elementary schools, I'll be going to the next couple of weeks. The University of Arkansas, I'll be going to speak to them in a couple of weeks. It's going to be an experience. And I'll talk about these experiences that I had with these kids. I'll, you know, I'll play games with them. I'll make it relative to kindness and the importance of keeping excitement for your success. So that's what I'm doing. I'm working on actual television stuff, TV stuff, having the opportunity to have been on so many different shows. I was able to see behind the scenes and develop some relationships. And really just at the end of the day, it's about creating opportunity, making a better world and really, really passionate about creating opportunities for young people as, far, as well as some of my former teammates uh, who I was able to play with. I know that COVID has had such a negative impact on so many individuals. I know that it impacted your speaking engagements, everything that happened. So how, do, how have you come out of that? What have you learned from COVID and how you've had to be agile? Oh, man, COVID. COVID, <laughs> I mean, basically you had to shift. Right. Uh, I started to do things virtually, you know, Zoom visits, a lot of Zoom conferences, but at the same time, it gave me time to connect. It allowed me to go through something. It allowed me to have some experiences that now I get to share because I shared a lot of the same experiences that other people probably shared. Sure. You know, depression, felt alone, felt locked in, felt trapped, confused, not knowing what was next. But at the same time, it allowed me to prepare. So everything that happened and delayed during that time, I don't think it was a delay. It was just a life experience that allowed me to prepare for exactly what I'm intended to do. And now everything that I needed to do, I didn't have before COVID. Now everything that I needed to do what I, you know, what I need to do, I was able to prepare and I'm ready to go now. So for That's me, great. it wasn't really a setback. It was a, a great life lesson. Unfortunate. And I hate that a lot of people lost their lives along the way. I lost a lot of people due to COVID. But if we're still here, we're here for a purpose. So we have to make use of this time 
while we're here and just to make the world a better place. Hey, we're here for a reason, right, right, Ian? That's right. That's exactly right. So one question that I've been asking over the last several months, I really want to ask you, and I know that you will come back with something interesting, which the thing about this question is that nobody has answered the same way because we all come to this place, you know, in it, with different experiences. We've learned how to navigate life and work ourselves with the guidance of others. And so we're all very unique. So I want to ask you this question to see what I can learn from you, what I can glean from you. When you look at your life, your experiences as an employee, as a Harlem Globetrotter, as somebody that's out there now sharing your life experiences and providing advice and guidance for young people and and all of us with things like guidance or kindness is free, what would you like CEOs and leaders to focus on in 2022, but not just now, because 2022 will be gone in a flash. What would you like leaders and CEOs to focus on and think about for beyond 2022? Maria, and the thing that I would love for, you know, that's a great question. I would love for CEOs and, and leaders to think about, you know, what it was like, like when you first started. Like for me, when I first joined the Globe Charters, I was just a guy who was trying to make a team, you know. And as a CEO and as people who advance to certain positions, sometimes they forget what it was like to try to actually get to that point and we lose a sense of empathy and what it's like to struggle and have bad days. So, I mean, it's important for me to let these people know, uh, CEOs, that, you know, we're human. We're all human and we all have gone through different levels. And at those levels, there's different, you know, learning lessons along the way and there's different struggles. So for me, going through different levels as a trying to make the team as a player, then going from a player coach, you know, I went from not having a say-so to actually sitting in some of the meetings as far as the production, actually sitting in some of the meetings as the way that they evaluated some of the players. And I found myself in some of those meetings ran saying to them, you know, after like watching guys work out and play basketball for a day or, you know, maybe they had a, a bad two days. I had to remind, you know, some of these upper people that do you not remember the first time that you did something, you know, mm. or the first time that you, yeah. your first day on the job. Give people the chance. Don't give up on people so quick. And that's what I'm all about. I don't I don't give up on people. I, I have I love confidence that. that everybody everybody has a gift. And uh, one of the things that was important to me as a coach is that I always remember what it was like to be a, a player. I remember what it was like to get ready for the game. I remember what it was like to me a little bit of extra time to do certain things. So when it came to speaking up or, or trying to speak up certain things about treating people fairly, that's, you know, kind of what I stood on. So I just encourage CEOs to remember that we're all human. And at the end of the day, we all want to be taken care of. We all want to be treated with kindness, love and respect. And kindness is free. I love that. What a great message. As we end our conversation, do you have anything, you, any resources? I think you've written a book. Can you share with us how people can get in touch with you and what you've done that we can participate in? Yes, uh, Rayanne, I've actually, I had a chance to write a book after a year after my Globetrotter career is called Projects, Popes, and Presidents. In that book, I talk about my journey growing up in small town Brinkley, Arkansas, to traveling around the world, meeting uh, presidents and popes. You know, I had a chance to meet President Obama twice at the annual <laughs> Easter Egg Roll event at the White House uh, during his term. And then I had a chance to go and spend the basketball on Pope Francis's finger. Wow. I think it was back in 2015. And I often brag to people that I'm the only living person <laughs> I've ever had a chance to, to spend a basketball on the on the Pope's finger. But, you know, just being creative, I had a chance to write a chapter in another book called Cracking the Rich Code. And 
The title of my chapter was called Kindness Bridge to Wealth. So I'm not hard to find. I'm on Instagram at the Trotter22. I have a website. Actually, it's at DA Trotter4, the number four, not 22. Okay. So uh, DA Trotter4 on Instagram as well as Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn as the motivational speaker. I just put in my name, Herbert Lang, but you know, just any, okay. any social media site, I'm, I'm available. And you know, if you feel like that, you know, you want to have some kindness brought into your school, business or organization and experience that your employees or your young people will remember, Hey, go to my website, hit me up, send me an email and I'll be happy to talk about how we can make that happen. Awesome. One last question. Flight time. Flight time, your trotter name. How did you get that globe trotter name? The way that I got the nickname Flight Time. So I, I told you that I did win the college dunk contest yes. at the Final Four back in 98 at the Final Four. So when I joined the Globe Charters back in it was 99, I went to training camp. The owner at that time, he, his name was Manny Jackson. He said that he felt like every time I jumped, I, I should get freaking flower mouth. So he just started to call me Flight Time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's I love everything about that. Great story. Herb, <laughs> thanks so much for joining me on HR Latte. We'll share all the information, the books that you've talked about, the chapter you participated in, and also your contact information in the bio of this show and make sure that everybody has an opportunity to reach out to you that would love to have you come and present at their school or their workplace. So great to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ryan, and have a great day. And everybody needs to know that kindness is free. Kindness is free. Thanks, Herb. Thanks for listening to this episode of HR Latte. This podcast is brought to you by Never Enough Media and is produced by host Rayanne Thorne Kruger. Our editor is Igor Kuzmanovsky and Dick Delecki as our announcer with featured music. Grab a Coffee and Go by Tiny Music. Special thanks to those who have made HR Latte possible over the years with their ideas, support, and feedback. 